The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello Fiasco is a Canadian-American pop rock band that emerged publicly in 2021. The band's debut album, Find the Shoreline, has earned 3 million streams and been placed on over 6,000 Spotify playlists. The album's first single, Hold Me Close, is now sitting over 700,000 streams and the official YouTube video for the song has been viewed over 200,000 times. And we've got the lead singer and rhythm guitarist of the band, Eric Labossiere on the line with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having us on the show, Toby. It's great to have you here. Your debut album, Find the Shoreline, sounds like it has a story behind that name because none of the actual songs are called that. So where did that title come from? The title comes from a lot of hard work and, and being lost at sea for a while. We uh, Before we released the album, which, as you know, has 12 songs on it, we'd actually recorded 23 songs over a period of a few years before we emerged publicly in 2021, which was kind of our long-term plan. And during that period of time, as everybody knows, we had um, some COVID happen. We had a lot of experiences getting together as a band because a few of us came from the Mailman's Children and then we joined a couple of other players to create Hello Fiasco. So we had a lot of trials and tribulations. We had a lot of doubts. Sometimes our belief was questioned. And so the the name of the album, because the, the songs on the album are so personal and they mean so much to us, um, what happened is that we decided to have a name that had some kind of meaning to tie into our recording process and our getting together process of being lost at sea for a while, yeah. having some doubt, reservations, and in our mind, making it to shore. Yeah. And so finally we made it to shore. And so the, the, the album is about finding the shoreline, whether it's the songs or us as a band. And I think that people can really relate to that. So that's where that comes from. Yeah, because you're in America and the other members of the band are in Canada. There were all sorts of border restrictions going on during COVID. So how did you navigate that time as a band? Yeah, well, that was it was it was a challenge. And we won't say that it was more of a challenge for us than other bands, but it, it definitely affected us. And so what happened was we had to finish the record recording in two countries because of border closures. Even though I'm a, I'm a citizen on both sides of the border, Canada and US, I couldn't even cross for a while because of the crazy restrictions. Yes. So we ended up having to record the last song of the album, Before Time Leaves You, in two countries, which is why the song means so much to us. 
And uh, the guys had to record with our Canadian producer, John Paul Peters at Private Ear. And then I had to record with a new producer I'd never met named Lenny Eckert from Sea Lanket Sound or, or Dead, Dead Dinosaur Productions in Helena, Montana. And uh, we basically recorded a song over email, which turned out fantastic. But um, we had to rise to the challenge during COVID. It affected so many things, including shows. Do you think that the remote recording of it affected the overall quality? Or do you think it would have ended up sounding pretty much the same anyway? Well, that's uh, that'll be that's always going to be an unanswered question. But we mm. believe it turned out even better than it would have. Um, and that's because I was removed from the equation quite a bit. I actually tracked the acoustic and the vocal in Helena alone, which is backwards. Normally we do the beds starting with the drums of our band and the bass. But we did a backwards recording. And so the guys recorded without me. So I had no control over it, which I think was actually a great thing for the song. And uh, different players in the band, even though we're all songwriters, got to emerge more with the producer and work without me. And we all kind of believe that the song turned out maybe better than we expected. And when it pulled around the world, it pulled 76 and out of 85 possible points in six countries, which shocked us, including the UK. Yeah. So we're very proud of the song and it turned out great. I read that. Now, this is a very ignorant question of me, but what does that actually mean? It pulled 75 out of 100 or whatever it was. Is this just people have been asked to give their opinion on it or is it some sort of expert thing that's a that's a great question um and so there's a company from the uk that used to be called sound out still called sound out reports but they they sold off a polling service they had that would pull six countries and i won't give away their secrets but they sold it off to an american uh company and which became fan reviews for tunecore and so there's several services like that out there that's one that we use right now and it pulls the uk the us canada ireland australia new zealand six main you know music source countries and it and it pulls thousands of people and they have to give an honest opinion of a paragraph about the song they have to give it a rating and a ranking and yeah. um you know people can say what they want about polling but if you want to meet the listener in the mi- the middle all labels use some form of polling and so because we have our own indie label we decided to be big boy about it and get onto the business side of things and no longer just write music for ourselves like we used to do in our previous bands and make it where we meet the listener in the middle but we still write the music we love that's our 50 50 rule 50 percent for the listener 50 percent for us and the great thing about the album find the shoreline is that no two songs are the same you've got before time leaves you which is a maybe slower easy listening song whereas hold me close is like a full-on rock song right and we and we're you know, we were we were terrified going in because we had recorded twenty three songs over a few years, and sometimes when you when you get in the studio, different things happen each each time based on what's going on in our lives and with the songwriting. Meaning, I write the foundation of the song, so if I'm in a certain mood, it might shift somewhere. But in the end, we ended up um, we ended up making a pop rock record of acoustic and electric uh, songs that we felt all did mix together. And so far in the reviews, that's what people are saying that even though songs are different from one to another, it's still a cohesive hello fiasco go sound which uh, we're pretty excited about yeah now you've only emerged publicly in 2021 and you've already had three million streams on your album and had all sorts of incredible figures how proud does that make you feel to have such big success so early on well if you ask every uh, member of the band or the team around us we'd probably all have different answers <laughs> i'm extremely excited but then if you ask me in five minutes when we get off the call and i'm doing promotion and, and radio and all kinds of different crazy work 
it, it could be a different story. The reality is, though, we're, we're all the, the, the entire team and everybody behind us. We are super proud of those numbers um, because we're a small indie label, which is called the Mailman's Children. We have our own publishing company. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of hard work. A lot of musicians are now turning to DIY. And this is why, um, because of what's going on with online access for musicians now, we can pull off these things. I don't know that I could have pulled this off with the band 10 years ago, but we're doing it now. So we're very proud of that. Now, the name of your label, as you see, is The Mailman's Children. And it's actually owned by the band, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so The Mailman's Children is our own label. We named it after our old band, which was the, the initial core of Hello Fiasco. I used to play with Joe Perot, our guitarist, and, and Joe Couture our bassist um, in the band, The Mailman's Children. At the tail end of that, Ivan Burke joined us. And then after that, Guy Abraham joined up with Hello Fiasco. <clears throat> so we thought it was pretty funny when we created the label as we were creating Hello Fiasco, that it would be named by our old band. Our old band would own our new band. So a little fun there. Now, where did the ideas and the lyrics and everything, all the inspiration come from for the album Find the Shoreline? I generally write the foundation of the song. However, all the guys in the band are capable of writing songs. They're all um, producers. Plus, we have a sixth writer with us at all times, which is John Paul Peters, who's our, our co-producer. And so what happens is that a lot of the, in the past, I used to, when I would write foundations of songs for the band, even before Hello Fiasco, I would always write from a third party narrative and from an outside perspective, probably because when I was younger, I was more afraid to tell everybody my life in a song that would be on the radio. <laughs> and, and you know, as we start to get a little bit older, we start to realize that that just doesn't matter. And you need to let go if you want to make sure people see, see the real you. And so what I did when writing this record, a lot of the songs were about my personal life, but I made sure that it was emotional and tied into the guys' lives as well, meaning whether it was direct friends or family or circumstance for the band. And, um, you know, when we pulled the music, we found out that people did feel it was really relatable because of that. So that's where the inspiration for a lot of the songs come from, friends, family, direct acquaintances. And within those songs, we always have a struggle. If you notice, there's always some drama, but we always make sure in the end there's a glimpse of hope and that, and that um, you know, we can rise victorious within the song because we believe that as a band, that you can, there's always hope and that there's always possibility of success. And that's that's our driving force, right? So that's, that's where the songs come from. And I want to talk a little bit more about the lead single, the debut single from the debut album, Hold Me Close. It's a great song. Was it tough to decide which song was going to be the lead single? Extremely difficult. Thanks for asking. <laughs> and, you know, there's always debate on what you do. If we were under a major label, one of the three majors, or even a mid-sized label, that wouldn't have been a choice that we would make. But we had the luxury of making that choice because we are an indie label. Yeah. And and what it came down to is, the funny thing is, it's not even the song that pulled the highest or anything. We didn't go based on that. It pulled very high, but we tried to pick a song that we felt would cross borders well, had more of a world sound, because as you know, we're not shy to admit that we're we're, we're trying to go after a world pop rock sound so that we can play on stages anywhere and be published anywhere and whatnot. Um, but Hold Me Close, also, we picked it because of COVID, meaning hmm. the song was written specifically about the struggle in relationships and how um, all of us felt trapped inside for a while. And if you notice in the video, we tied that in because we made the video during COVID and we wanted to make sure people felt it was relatable. And um, it's about that experience, wanting a new experience again and wanting the starting of a 
relationship. And I'll tell you, COVID, I think it did it, it did it to most of us, whether it was our marital relationships, friendships, whatever it was, we were trapped inside with the ones we loved. And so it put a lot of strain on those relationships. Of course, you are the main singer and rhythm guitarist of the band. What roles do the other members fulfill? Well, Joel Couture is um, our bassist and he is, he, I used to play with him in the Mailman's Children. He's a, he's a driving force of our sound in a rhythm section. And then secondly, on the rhythm section is Ivan Burke. Ivan is a session player that plays with a lot of a lot of bigger Canadian bands. And he really makes sure not just to keep the beat, as some people would say. But he really he really shapes the songs with the voicings and and how he helps helps the vocals with his drumming and helps the, the style of the song. A fantastic drummer. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And then we have Joel Perot on the guitar, who's also a great singer. And Joe, Joel Perot does anything from guitar to banjo to dobro. And he's got a great voice. He's done his own lead tracks before. So he sings with us quite a bit as well. And then to fill out the role is Guy Abraham. And he's kind of a jack of all trades. Mm. He used to be the lead singer for three different Canadian bands. And he decided to take on a different role with us because of where he was at in his career. We kind of snuck him into the studio at the last second to be our fifth member. And he does 
does anything from our Ableton and manages the brain of the band and all the synths and sounds. He also plays piano and keys, and we consider him a main backing vocalist. He is a big part of my voice that you hear on the record um, because he adds so much vocals to our sound. So that's that's the five guys. Yeah, there's quite a lot of instruments and different roles you've got. It's both sort of at the front and behind the scenes as well. Exactly. How much of what you do is behind the scenes? Because of course you've got your own record label and working on producing the music as well. Is that hard to not be completely overworked? It is definitely difficult. And um, we have to have reality checks once in a while. I manage, for the most part, I manage the band with Joel Couture. He's my business partner of Hello Fiasco and we run the label, we manage everything together. And it's difficult for the both of us. We each have different things that we need to be doing constantly. We need to watch constantly. We need to work with our contacts and make sure that we don't overstep boundaries. But at the same time, we need to push. So it is a, it is a constant, constant struggle where we have um, side things that we're doing with our respective families and our respective uh, money income earning sources. Even though the band's earning some income, it's not earning what it needs to yet, as, as anybody would know in music. Yeah. And therefore, there's a there's a constant pressure on musicians to, to do the DIY circuit, which is sometimes they want to give up the reins and hand it over to mid-sized labels or majors. Um, so we're we're still trying to hold on, and we're loving the struggle because we're seeing now the results of that struggle and the constant work that we're doing in promotion, radio, and all these different categories. It's kind of hard to make money from music in this day and age, isn't it? I think you probably make most of your money from live performances, right? Absolutely. There's definitely there's definitely money there that we've seen within our our direct circle, our friends and people that own smaller labels that we know and people that we know that have been on majors. Um, but for us directly, where we're at right now, because we're doing it the way we're doing it, you know, we're, we're holding on for um, bigger tours. We're holding on for publishing deals and different things that will bring in bigger money, even though we have some smaller revenues coming in. So, you know, if you're in it just to make money right away, it's not going to happen yeah. versus other things I've done in my life. Um, you have to be in it for the long term and the long haul. And that's how Joe and I base our decisions for the band at all times. Do you feel like you're not really doing it for the money if, say, 10 years down the line you're still doing it and you're not really making much money from it, you'd still want to continue because it's not just about the money. That's right, but I should be careful what I say on air for my close circle of uh, family and friends <laughs> and business associates. But yeah, no, we're, we're definitely in it to, to make money in the long term. But at the same rate, if I didn't make money and had the successes, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to speak for Joe, but we feel the same way on this. If we have the successes and we get to play big stages and we get to have our song on great movies, uh, those are accomplishments that... Um, that many never have and yeah. we're starting to have those so we we feel great about that without the without the money even though we'd still like to see that money tree happen yeah <laughs> now a lot of bands and musicians i've interviewed tend to start out by releasing a song here and there maybe go on to an ep and then you know gradually work their way up to bigger and bigger projects but you guys have came out with an album straight away what was the reason for doing that well there's a there's a it's a great question and it's a difficult one to answer without you know spending hours but the two minute version is there's two real answers here number one is that we had a lot of songs um and it would have been crazy for us to just put out one single and then ride that for a while and another single um not that songs necessarily age but at the same rate we're not putting out music and enough content for our listeners so that's one side of it the other side is that even though the industry is is really moving on singles and eps for years now and a lot of people are making their success 
success, you know, whether it's TikTok or releasing singles at all times, uh, we didn't feel that was right for us because we believe in um, a, a collection of songs still. We're still, we still have a classical approach to it and believe that that albums are cool and that they're okay. And that that's what we wanted for our, our listeners to, to see an album right out of the gates. And we're hoping that the next thing we release is an album, even though we might put a single in between there. So that's kind of how we look at it. And is an album a good thing to use as a showcase? Because even though you still have an overall sound that's consistent, you might release a single, first of all, and somebody goes... Mm, that's not for me. But with an album, there might be some songs on there that are for them. So it's a good list of what you can do. I agree totally. We had a lot of pressures to release just singles from some of our contacts. Um, and we we stuck with our guns. And one of the reasons that we stuck with our guns is because we knew not just from the polling, but the people around us, the reaction, uh, the first times we played songs for people, everything. Because of a culmination of things, we knew that we had an album. We actually had an album. We didn't just have one or two singles with a bunch of fluff we're yeah. very confident in the album uh, not just because of us and how we feel about it but from the people and the reaction of all of our teams and our contacts and everything in our polling and so we wanted to put on an album to show hey this this is more to us than just one or two songs we have um not just a collection of songs but we have diversity and strength and staying power and, and we can keep doing this and writing great songs now you mentioned that you had 23 songs already and there are only 12 songs in the the album so we've got 11 missing songs here are they planned to come out in the future or did they just not make the cut and that's the end of it <laughs> it's not the end of it for those songs we promise <laughs> uh but we also recorded a few more since then um yeah. to add to album number two and future singles so you know we're somewhere up around the 26 mark now depending on how you look at recorded songs and we have a whole bunch we have another album written right now so we're looking to keep recording constantly and work on a second album and more singles. And those songs that we've already recorded are not going away. Some of them pulled high. Some of them we know are great. We might rework one or two, um, but we just made a choice to not release them right away. So they're, they're not going away. And what else is coming up for you? Are there any solid plans as to when a second album might be? And also, do you have any shows and things coming up, even if it's small projects? Well, regarding the album a future album we do not have a set date um, because we're going to see where recording takes us and also where what what the current album is doing the current album is continually rising and and going and we want to see how far we can go with that before we even consider doing releasing our second album and then on the other side of things for shows well covid we were one of the bands that covid definitely affected because of the yeah. border closing meaning we had some initial shows scheduled and rehearsals and we couldn't even fulfill the rehearsals because i could even cross the border to Canada. Canada and the US had interesting rules for a while. Um, so we only started doing shows this year. We had our first couple of shows, big Canadian French festival, and then we did a, uh, a big summer festival opening for some uh, really known Canadian bands. And so what we're doing right now is getting ready for rehearsals in about a month or so. We've got a couple of Canadian shows on the calendar, and then we're mm -hmm. going to do a whole bunch more in Canada and hopefully cross into the US with this firm that we're um, starting to work with yeah. and hoping to get things going. And out of interest, you're in the American side of the band, but you mentioned earlier that you also have Canadian citizenship and you've got a French second name. So is there a part of you that is Canadian? 
Canadian. There's a big part of me that's Canadian. <laughs> I was uh, I was born and raised in Canada and lived there for a lot of years until about 11 years ago when I moved down to the U.S. Um, and so I have both citizenships. And uh, the other guys are all are are all purebred Canadians, <laughs> and they all live in the Winnipeg, Manitoba region. I live over in Helena, Montana. If anyone from uh, the UK knows where that is, it's a beautiful place up in the mountains, a little town of about 50,000 people. Yeah. Well, where are we able to find your debut album? find the shoreline and keep up to date with the band everywhere well it's on all major uh, platforms whether it's the spotify deezer uh, title apple wherever you want to look for it even soundcloud and all the others and it's also on our one of the things that we did is we we made sure for people to make it really accessible we have a music store on linktree we have our music store on our website hellofiasco.com and we also created a release site for the album with old school liner notes credits everything lyrics the whole deal for people plus a music store and that's findtheshoreline.com so um, it's pretty easy to find and we'd love for people to uh, follow us as well on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok and all the others. Excellent. Well, many thanks for talking to us today and good luck in 2023 and even further than that. Thank you so much again Toby for having us on the show. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Toby Gribben Show!